this is the Joyful Mama Show. We want to help you take actionable steps toward dreams that have more impact, family life that has more peace, and motherhood that has more joy. We think that it's time for moms to rise up in entrepreneurship and change the world. But let's face it, it's hard to sort through all of the ways we get stuck in our own heads and all of the things we feel like we're supposed to be doing. How can we change the world when we're overwhelmed with trying not to feel overwhelmed about homeschooling or power struggles with our kids or taking care of our own hearts, our bodies, and our minds? We want to give you the tools to find rest, joy, and healing while also taking your business and your dreams to the next level. You know you were made for more than hustle. You can feel that you were made for more than the lies that hold you back. And we believe that you were made for amazing things that impact the kingdom of God and the people that God has given you to impact for Him. You were made to be a joyful mama, to have a heart that is thriving, not striving. And we want to help you step into the fullness of all you were created to become. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Joyful Mama Show. It's Liz and Sarah, or Sarah and Liz. <laughs> say that every time. <laughs> I never know which name to say first. <laughs> um, today we are answering another question, but instead of just using like five minutes to answer the question, this is going to be our episode. And we're so excited about this. We were talking about this recently about how this is such an important question uh, for our lives. And we would love to hear your answers as well on our Instagram at the.joyfulmama. That's our Instagram handle. We'll put our question of the week up there and we want to hear your answer. So our question this week is a deep one. It's not just like a fun, like what would you do if you had 24 hours to yourself? Or what do you do while you listen to podcasts? But our question is, What's the hardest thing you've ever done? And I'm going to kind of let Liz lead this conversation today because she has just such an amazing story and testimony of where the Lord's brought her and what she's walked through. And I think it's so important for you guys to know just what she's overcome and to give you hope and to give you encouragement for the hard things you're facing in your life. So, Liz. I'm going to hand this over to you and ask you, what is the hardest thing you've ever done? Well, great intro, by the way, that was, it is a really big question and it is something that I think it just really matters. All of our stories really matter. And the things that we've gone through truly, the journey really does take us very intentionally, I believe, into where we're going into our destiny, into the thing that God's called us to do. And so the hardest thing that I've been through is actually the greatest gift that I've been given because all of the hard times and the things I had to persevere through are the things that gave me the skills and the tenacity and the, I guess, the even the leadership qualities to become an entrepreneur, to become a problem solver and an innovator and someone who really took personal responsibility for my future and for my life and for the legacy I'm going to leave for my family. And prior to these hard things, I wasn't a person who thought like that. So the hardest thing that I went through, that I've been through, was really coming to a place of decision to end a marriage and become a single parent. And I won't go into all the details of what led to that decision, but it was one that I really had peace and um, closure on that I really knew the Lord 
my prayer at that time was, God, I don't just want your permission to get out of a bad situation. I need to know that it's your will and that you're delivering me out of the situation. And he gave great clarity and confirmation on that. But then the next chapter, of course, was, okay, after I've come to the conclusion, this is the best thing for me and for my two daughters who at that time were not even two and five, they were little bitty. Um, It was, okay, now what do I do to actually rebuild a life from scratch? Because you never you never go into a marriage thinking it's going to end. You never go into parenthood thinking I'm going to become a single parent. And it certainly was not in my plans or in my dreams to have to start my life over. And so things like, well, I've been a stay-at-home mom and now I need to actually make money and pay bills. So I need that dirty little three-letter word, a J-O-B. <laughs> I have to get a job. And my dream was like, I want to be a homeschool mom and stay home with my kids. I don't want a job, which is so funny because Sarah, I know you, you're opposite. You loved having a job and a career and that was always part of your plan. But for me, even from when I was in high school, all like, even though I, I excelled in school and even though like I got great grades, my family was all like, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer. All I wanted to be was a mom. And all I wanted to do was be home with my kids. So that was like the extent of my dreams at that time. So to go get a job felt like the worst punishment ever. (laughs) Like I just did not want to leave my kids. So it was really coming up with like, what are, what's non-negotiable and, and what is, and how do I start to, to build a life with God around what's most important. And so what was most important to me was staying home with my kids as much as possible. So (laughs) this really, it sounds so silly now, truly one of the hardest things I ever did was I went to Cracker Barrel and got a job waitressing. I had to go, I went to an interview. Someone told me, oh, they're hiring and they're flexible and you could probably work a bunch of hours on the weekends when the girls are visiting their dad or maybe they're with your, with grandparents. And then you could still have Monday through Friday home with them and it wouldn't disrupt homeschooling. So that's what I did. And as a really shy, introverted person, I was terrified. And Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely terrified to be a waitress. The thought of going up to a stranger and taking a drink order made me want to throw up. I was so scared. That sounds so silly. I know. And I've become more outgoing over the years. But at that time, even just to go to a job interview, I was terrified to talk to someone I didn't know. And what if they asked me a question that I didn't know the answer to? And I haven't had a job. Like even in high school, I never had jobs. I just babysat and stuff. So this was like at 30 years old, going and getting my like first job that wasn't like a ministry job, like, or, or something with working at a daycare or babysitting kids, Mm -hmm. like with the general public actually working. So anyway, um, that was the beginning. And since then it was all of the little decisions that, that came with what what apartment the first thing we did was we moved in with my very best friend and her husband at the time we lived in their basement while I kind of got on my feet and then what apartment do we live in and then we got the apartment we had no furniture and things like someone loaned us an air mattress to sleep on which was also our couch at the time and then someone gave us a table but there were no chairs and it's funny telling this story now cuz God has been so good and we've come so far but we truly 
I remember at dinner time, one one of my daughters would sit on like an upside down five gallon bucket that was also loaned to us and that had paint supplies in it because someone loaned us their paint supplies so we could paint the apartment because it was really dirty and dingy when we moved in. So she sat on the bucket and then the other one sat on a step stool that was also loaned and they would scoot up to the table on the on the bucket and the step stool and I would just stand at the counter because we didn't have chairs. And we would go to sleep every night to all three of us on this air mattress that was borrowed air mattress, borrowed sheets. And because they were little <laughs> and they thought it was really fun to have a, a bed that was filled with air, they would jump on it. And so then there was like a slow leak. So we would fall asleep on the air mattress, which was on hardwood floors. And then we would wake up just on like the hardwood floor, all three of us, like in this little clump. And again, it's like those, those were the the days that I will cherish forever and really made me appreciate everything. If I had any entitlement in me from the previous years of my life, it all got sucked out. And during those times, because I truly had to figure everything out, I forced myself to figure everything out on my own because my parents lived close enough that I still truly could have called on them for everything I needed. And I refused to do it because I knew the Lord wanted me to on my own. So, um, yeah, that was the beginning. And they were good days. I remember saying, you cannot put a price on peace. And the extent of my vision at that time was just to have peace, to not feel like I was walking on eggshells and to be able to just like have the worship music on, light a candle, be with my kids and feel peace. And so when we got that, it was like, we've arrived. This is amazing. Life is so good. And I didn't care that we were on the link card and we were totally poor. And we lived in this tiny little dingy (laughs) two bedroom apartment, but we only used one bedroom. (laughs) So, so recently we did a podcast on how to have an abundant mindset, which is like, not where you necessarily like, it's not like we came from abundance. We didn't have super, (laughs) either of us had super wealthy upbringings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're talking about using a bucket for your child to sit on and a air mattress that deflates every night as a couch and a bed. So how have you kind of gotten from there to this place where like now you're a successful entrepreneur and you help lead other entrepreneurs and you have a podcast and you have courses and you have so much going on now? Like, how did you get to become this person. Wow. Well, I have another story. This is actually such a great story. When you hear it, you're going to laugh and you're going to be like, how, how does that make you who you are today? But it truly was the turning point because I really believe that for someone to create success and to create the future of their dreams, they have to become a person who attracts it. It's not like I can just one day say, I'm going to go become a six or seven figure earner and just go do it. Like you have to become a person who attracts success and who is a leader who attracts leaders and those kinds of things. But so I I believe there are a few like key things that you have to become on the process to becoming a person who's successful. And it's really about pioneering, you know, a person who pioneers and who just does hard things who has vision, who has belief. So I think that's the first thing, believing you can do it and believing that you're doing the thing you're supposed to do. So that was like the first, like I'm doing what God has called me to do. 
And that gives you this resilience that almost like you can't touch me. You can't stop me because God's behind this. Mm -hmm. So it puts this tenacity in you when you know you're doing it with God and for God. And then the second thing is just becoming an action taker. And for much of my life prior to this season of starting over, I was more an excuse maker than an action taker. And I would always have an excuse. And it's something that still will creep in. And I'll have to remind myself, I don't, I'm not a person who makes excuses anymore. I make a way where there seems to be no way. Cause that's what God does. That's what my God does. And if I'm made in his image and he is the kind of God who makes a way where there seems to be no way, then that's what I do too, because I'm a reflection of him. So action taking, I think that when you get into a mindset where you're like, I'm an action taker, I'm a problem solver. I just figure things out. Like there's no other way than for me to figure it out. I started to think like that. And there was this turning point <laughs> and we had, so we started out in this little bitty two bedroom apartment and then we graduated, like we were promoted to this even tinier little bitty two bedroom house in the country. And it was like a Cracker Jack box, literally like actually a tornado went through one time and I thought the whole house was going to blow over. Like oh. it was like <laughs> this little bitty country house. And I don't know how it got in, but there was one day that we're in the kitchen baking. And one of my little girls starts screaming, there's a bird in the house and she's freaking out. And I'm also, I hate birds. I just feel like they're dirty and disgusting. I've always felt like I, I just never would want to touch or be near a bird. And I don't know how it got in the house, but it was, we had this enclosed back porch where like our laundry room was. And it was also where like the stairway down to the basement was. So it was like, you go out the back door there's the washer and dryer, go down the stairs. There's a landing to go out of the house, like the back door. And then if you turn, there was another flight of stairs to go down to the basement. So you can kind of imagine like if you're at the back door, it's actually two like stories of, you know, like a big tall ceiling. Right. Mm -hmm. So this bird is in that area. And I call my dad like the, the one time I'm like, all right, I need the bailout. I know I said, God, that it's me and you, but there's a bird in the house. Like, I don't know what to do. So I call my dad. He lived at this time, like 45 minutes away. And for whatever reason, he couldn't come. So I'm like, literally called him. Like I was dialing 911. There's a bird in the house. Like, I don't know what to do. You got to come like, no, Elizabeth, I, I can't, I can't make it. I'll, it's fine. All you need to do is get a bucket and a broom. I'm like a bucket and a broom. Have you lost your mind? You want me to get close enough to the bird to like put it in a bucket. How in the world am I going to get a bird to go in a bucket? I was freaking out, but it, I started to realize like, okay, the alternative to me figuring this out is the bird's just going to be loose in here. And if it goes like down that flight of stairs, it's just going to be loose in the basement and I might never get it out. And then what if it like lays eggs or it poops everywhere Then I'm going to have to clean up bird poop and there's like diseases in bird poop. So I'm playing out the scenario of like, if I don't, fix this now, the problem is only going to escalate and I'll still at the end of the day, be the only solution. So I have to do this. So there was one bucket. I was going to have to run past the bird to go down the stairs and go find the bucket in the basement. And so I grabbed the broom. I'm like running down, like holding the broom. Like it's like a sword, like don't come near me bird, get the bucket. And you can just imagine little girls, like everyone's screaming and jumping and flailing. And I finally got the bird into the bucket, ran out the back door, freed the bird. 
And it was like, heaven opened up. <laughs> Not really. It wasn't that dramatic. But I truly, in that moment, I was like, mm. I just trapped a bird in a bucket. I can do anything. And so I think that it really is, it's the belief, it's the taking action. And then the third thing is just never giving up you know, like just not stopping when it's hard, not stopping. There were like winters, you know, how winters are in the Midwest, like, cause you've lived in Michigan and I obviously didn't have a snowblower or anything like that. So I would have to get up at like five in the morning and shovel for like two hours to get, to be able to pull out of the driveway to go to work and things like that. This like, I just, I am, I am the solution. God has not given me anything to, to figure out that I cannot figure out. And so all of that transfers into entrepreneurship, all of that transfers into anything you put your mind to. It's like, I just, I believe I can do it. Therefore I can. And there are lots of times I probably defied odds, like silly odds, because I was just so determined that, and I realized I need Jesus as a savior. But after that, like, I don't need anyone to come to my rescue. I can do it. To get our free heart-centered homeschooling ebook or to book a breakthrough call about homeschooling or business with Sarah, visit the links in the description of this podcast. Also, we always want to hear your questions or ideas for new podcasts. So do please slide into our DMs on Instagram or post in our Facebook group. We would love to hear from you. That's some, wait, so was this the same bucket or was this a different bucket? <laughs> you know, it might've been the same bucket. <laughs> I don't know. I never thought about it. If it was the same bucket, then whoops, because it was borrowed and I was supposed to give it back. <laughs> but it definitely could have been the same bucket. It's likely. <laughs>